Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up out there, everybody? It's Nate. It's TR. We're in the house. Wide men can't jump. Game three is over with, and we have a lot of comments on that. But, TR, we're going to start the show off quickly here. Go ahead and, and, and yowza me, TR. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Yes. Well, we have already got... Our first guest on is we have a jam-packed guest list tonight talking about the draft and about the finals, but our first guest is the only three-time returning guest that we've ever had here on the show, and this our 31 episodes, Philip Rossman Reich of the Orlando Magic Daily and the host of the Locked On Magic's pod- podcast. Philip, what's up, man? Not too much. I, I, I'm still, I think I'm still recovering from what Kevin Durant did to the Cavaliers tonight. You know, yeah, I'm surprised too, they didn't man. write him a ticket. I'm surprised they didn't write him a ticket in Cleveland for that. That was just, ugh. I haven't seen, to quote Cousin Eddie from Vegas Vacation, I haven't seen a beating like that since somebody stuck a banana in my pants and turned a monkey loose. So, uh, <laughs> man, it was it was rough. Uh, but speaking of that, what, what are your thoughts as we come away from game three tonight? The Warriors take a, a commanding lead in the series, 3-0, pretty much cementing another title. Um, unless a miracle yeah. occurs, what what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I mean, this Cavs team did come back three one against the Warriors, if if, if you haven't heard. Um, but uh, you know, every time I've watched Golden State, and, and and there's been a lot of reason to doubt them, uh, at least a little bit this season, with with them not getting the first seed with all with the injuries that they had to face. It, it, every in, in these big series, I've just I've just noticed that that whether it was Houston, whether it was Cleveland. They had to be pretty close to perfect to beat them. The margin for error playing Golden State is so, so small. Just one little mistake is enough to completely throw a team off and, and, completely, uh, and completely change the game. I mean, Golden State tonight, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson score, what, 21 total points? I think, it was, I think it was seven for 27 shooting between the two. And it didn't matter. Yeah, it was awful. Golden State was still in the game. They won the game. And, and, you know, LeBron got the help that he needed. Kevin Love had a great game. J.R. Smith had a great game. They they won the glass again. And it's just one little mistake, you know, switching Kevin Love onto onto Kevin Durant or, you know, not staying up on Durant enough on a three-pointer five feet behind behind the three-point line. It, it, it's just a, it's one little mistake, and, and that's it. And, and the whole game is done. And, and Cleveland, honestly, if I'm Cleveland, you got to feel like you should be up 2-1 in the series at this point with the, way, with the way they play. But Golden State is just so good. They put so much pressure on you to be perfect, and they take advantage of every little mistake, and, and they don't have to be perfect. They weren't perfect tonight. They weren't perfect in game one, uh, and they still found a way to, to win and seemingly win comfortably. Yeah, I, this is T.R. What's going on, Phil? How you been? 
Um, hey. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of going down 3-0 when you played well in game one and, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes with the flip call and the missed free throw and the J.R. Smith that will go down in history. I mean, I can confidently say that the way they both teams played that night, they should have won that game. Um, tonight, played good, like you said, won the boards. Kevin Love, good game. J.R. Smith, good game. Rodney Hood, good game. Triple-double LeBron. The Warriors are just so damn strong. It's frustrating. It's bad for our our coverage. It's it's bad for the NBA. Uh, it's bad for everything. I, I don't know who could, other than people that live in San Francisco and that area, could could enjoy this. It's just uh, it sucks. It, 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 I was rooting for LeBron just to make it a competitive series, but you know they're they're just overmatched in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not willing to go so far as to say it, it's bad for the league, or I mean, it's certainly bad that we won't that we probably won't have a long series now because long series are fun. But you know, these games have been fun. I mean, Cleveland had their chances to win tonight and they weren't able to execute at the end. They weren't able to get the shots. They weren't able to get the stops that they need, which has been their problem all year long. Um, game one, same same kind of deal. Um, you know. Cleveland had their chances to win that game, so you know I, I like to I like to joke. I, I'm a Magic fan, Magic fan, um, I, you know, so I, I I do reference things in Magic history. I like to joke that the 2009 Finals was a, a close five game series. That 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 it was a five game series. Lakers were the better team. Not disputing that. Not you know begrudging any goal tens that were not called at the end of game two, um, but. Uh, but the Magic played them close, but they weren't able to win the game at the end. And that, that's really what it comes down to at the end. It's can't you eke out that extra point to win the game because the series tips and tips and, you know, tips on those plays. I mean, uh, let's, I'll go back to 2009 again. The Magic were up three with Dwight Howard at the free throw line. He, he misses two free throws. Magic don't stop Derek Fisher from hitting a three. They go to overtime. What was going to be a 2-2 series suddenly became a 3-1 series, and that was it. Uh, you know, it, 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 this, this series is the same way. What probably should be a 2-1 series in Cleveland's favor, or at least, you know, at least 2-1, you know, Golden State at this point, it's 3-0 Golden State, and, and that's a completely different series. Correct. Yeah, I think Cleveland should have won game one. I'm not so sure about tonight because even though Cleveland kept it close, Golden State, um, they were the better team tonight. Uh, it showed on the offensive execution. The only thing that Cleveland really dominated in was offensive rebounding and, you know, or rebounding altogether. They got nine more offensive rebounds than did Golden State. And I think they're willing to live, Golden State is, with that. But, man, Durant was just a knockout uh, shooter tonight. This this brings up the question for me, and I'm going to ask everybody tonight about this. This is something I'm, I'm willing to, to talk about. Um, do you think that the NBA should adopt the get rid of the East-West system and go to the best 16 teams play, let's seed them based on record, let's do away with the conference system, let's just switch this over to um, the best 16 teams make it, and this year you would have probably seen Golden State and Houston in the finals, which was a very entertaining seven-game series. What do you think about that? You know, I, I actually think that this is, you know, I, I probably haven't thought about it long enough in the NBA, but I actually do think it's something that the NBA should at least seriously consider and, and probably should adopt. Um, you know, I think the best example that we have of this working 
is actually another you know quasi NBA property at the WNBA. Uh, the last three years now, they've done away with their con- with conference seeding. Uh, the, the best the best I think it's still the best X amount of teams per conference make the playoffs, but then they're reseeded based on their record, um, and and it's delivered really entertaining finals. Um, the Lynx and the, the the Minnesota Lynx and the Los Angeles Sparks are, are have been far and away the best two teams in the league for the last three years, and they've delivered three amazing finals matches that went the distance and, and was really, really good for that league and, and, and for, for women's basketball in general. Um, and, you know, if, if you're a basketball fan and you missed out on, on, those, on those series, I think you were really missing out on some really incredible basketball. Um, it, it, I, I think that the, the success of doing it at that level, I mean, something that is NBA-related, they can, they can look at that data and they can, they can you know, they, they'll have experience now running that system. Um, it, it, I think that 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 is definitely something the league should consider. Um, you know, it, it, conference imbalance. I mean, conference imbalance is definitely something that's cyclical. Um, it feels like it's been a long time since East has been uh, a, the more dominant conference. You know, top to bottom, or at least making the playoffs. Um, and I think if you're going to get rid of the conference system, then you have to redo the schedules and make the schedules more balanced. Um, uh, because uh, obviously, you know, playing a West schedule is different than playing an East schedule, where you know you're playing teams in the opposite conference only twice, you know, teams in your own conference at least three times. It's, that 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 creates a huge imbalance too, and so you don't want to advantage one set of teams over another in some way. So it, it probably needs a little bit more study, especially since the NBA season is just so long and there's so many teams in the league. Um, but it is something that I think that they should consider in, in some way, shape, or form because. Um, it'll create more entertaining and more interesting matchups, I think, and, and it'll create a better showcase series at the end, which, you know, I don't think the NBA is hurting for television ratings right now, but um, if, if, that is something that, if that is something that the networks want and something that, that they want to deliver to the networks um, because that's, that's who they're serving ultimately with this thing, um, then that's something they should consider. Uh, my my take is in theory, Nate, yeah, um, but I, I don't necessarily agree that the Rockets would have been there. Uh, I think the best two teams in the NBA are playing right now, just one significantly better. Uh, but Adam Silver was asked this. I, I can't tell you where, but he was asked a specific question about this prior to the playoffs. And uh, he pretty much said maybe maybe down the line. Uh, however, it would be a lot of work that Philip alluded to later in his comments about the scheduling. Um, you'd have a lot of cross-country flights. You know, they they just tried to avoid back-to-backs the way it is right now. And if if you put if you evened out the scheduling and, and tried to make that a reality, you'd need a lot of smart people to uh, to com- comprise that schedule to make that happen. And and that's a factor because you know if uh, if you keep the schedule the way it is and you have the best quote-unquote seeds uh, for the best teams that by record record can be deceiving as we see the fourth seed in the finals this year is uh, you know it's, it's Cleveland's best team in the east you know it's, it is what it is and uh, I don't know it's going to take a lot of work if it, if it happens and it's better for the game I'm all for it but it may prolong the season I guess that's good for us too but uh, I don't see it happening <laughs> anytime soon yeah 
Yeah, and I think I think it's good that we have a that there's a commissioner that's at least willing to explore the idea and looking for ways to, to make the game better. Whether whether they implement something like this or try another tweak down the road, who knows? But but I, I think it's good that that this is something that's on the table for discussion. At least I don't know I don't know if, I don't yeah. know if David Stern would have even put this on the table. <laughs> nah, probably well, not. <laughs> he wouldn't. Bud Selig wouldn't hear of it, and I guarantee you, Roger Goodell would have already shot it down. So at least Adam Silver is a guy we can call and agree with. But let's switch gears to what we got you on here for. The NBA drafts in a few weeks. We got uh, – it's going to be an interesting draft. I've been working on my mock draft um, with haste and looking deep. You're Orlando Magic, who you report on, and you're our guy for Orlando Magic. And, again, everybody check out Phillip's Facebook page – or his Twitter page and check out the Locked on Magic podcast. He is our guy for – all things Orlando Magic. We've got uh, the Magic picking sixth this year. Phil, what is your thoughts on that? Um, you know, it's 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 an interesting spot in the draft. I think um, there there are you know everyone has been really looking forward to this crop of of players. Um, it's 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 a very very good draft at the very top. Um, I think a lot of people think there are, are six or seven potential all stars, and then so. Uh, a lot of people are really, really excited about the, the talent that's coming into the league this year. I, I wouldn't say there's any runaway superstar players. Like uh, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I've had some, I don't think there's any like LeBron James, Kevin Durant type players who change your team just by their mere presence. But I think there are some yeah. very, very, very good players in this draft to, draft. And so the teams at the very top, um, even down to where Orlando is at six, I, I think they'll be very happy with the player that they're going to get and, and, and potentially they'll get an, they'll get an all-star caliber player in this draft. So it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a really interesting draft because at, at the same time, like all those players have all-star potential. I've kind of been banging the drum a little bit. Maybe it's my anti tanking mind thinking this uh, during the season. They're, they're, these are all players with a lot of flaws too. And, and you, you have to make sure that you're putting them in positions and in a, in a culture and in a, in a program that will help them grow and, and avoid maybe some of the, the pitfalls that, that their talent has. Um, I think the other thing that's really interesting about this draft particularly is, you know, we just saw playoffs where centers were really kind of discarded in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I keep thinking about that Rockets jazz series where the Rockets just kind of roasted Rudy Gobert and, and almost made him unplayable. And he's probably going to win defensive player of the year this year. Um, this is a, this is a draft with a lot of bigs at the top, a lot of a lot of big men, uh, and they're they're more modern big men um, in a lot of ways. But who knows what who knows what a modern center is anymore with with the way that this this league has gone. So it, it's interesting in that way too. It's 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 filled with a lot of very good players, but a lot of players who may not have a very natural fit in the direction that the league seems to be going. Yeah, as Orlando. Uh, work anybody out, or is there anybody that they're looking? Uh, actually, I should make it a two-part question because uh, Nate and I talked. I think it was last week. We we don't want to touch all the way on the draft yet uh, because you know there's still some season left here. But we touched on it, and we were thinking about Orlando. And we were thinking about you specifically to kind of smarten us up about what's going on down there. Are they thinking of uh, you know? I love Aaron Gordon, but he certainly hasn't lived up to what I thought coming out of Arizona yet. And Nate says, why are you saying yet? It's been like 20 years. I'm joking. But um, are, are they fit? Are they considering, like, blowing up the team? Uh, is the, It's kind of a two-part question. Who, who, 
if there's any whispers that you got, uh, who's Orlando looking at, and is Aaron Gordon going to be with the Magic next season? Well, to, to answer the first part, the Magic have been pretty secretive and quiet about their draft preparations throughout the whole process. Um, they, 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 they are, you know, I do know that they have workouts planned for this week, um, including, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of in sworn to secrecy, but, but a, one of the players that is up for the sixth pick will be in town tomorrow, actually, on Thursday uh, for, a, for a private workout. And so um, you can surmise who that is or, or, wait, or wait till the end of the day when, when I can actually report it, pub, report it publicly. Um, but, gotcha. you know, Orlando is, is, Orlando's had some people in town. Um, you know, they, they're, they're going through the workout process just like everyone else is. You know, it's, it's an information game. It's about you know, gathering as much intelligence as you can about these, about these kids. I mean, frankly, about, about these young players and, and getting to know them as best you can with the, with the time that you have with them, both on the court and, and off the court, you know, in the formal job interview part of the, of the uh, workout or, or job interview. Um, it, it's not particularly clear what direction the Magic are going to go. Um, General Manager John Hammond has been on a local radio, and, and really he said this really since the end of the season, since the draft lottery um, he said, you know, we're planning to take the best player available. You know, we're drafting at sixth. Uh, we, we need everything. I mean, we, we, we're not in a position where we can pick and choose who we, who we get or, or pick and choose um, based on position. If there's a more talented, better player out there, we've got to take them because this team needs talent. Um, yeah. a, lot of us, a lot of us in the Magic community suspect that the new general manager, the new president of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman, he, who's installed, he was hired last summer everyone suspects that he's going to begin flipping over the roster this year, that, that, that he and the magic will be very active in trade talks, trying to just change things up because obviously this has been a group that's been together for six years and has accomplished absolutely nothing. Um, and it's kind of yeah. topped off at 32, 33, 34 wins. They had 35 win seasons uh, three, three years ago now. Um, and they, they've kind of stalled out and now they're stuck at, you know, 25, 29 wins. And that's obviously not going to get you anywhere. And they don't have a lot of cap room to spend to, to make the team better. Um, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what the magic do and how the magic go about that. They, they kind of took last year's an evaluation season, uh, and really the big decision facing the team this year is not only their pick at six, uh, but Aaron Gordon himself, um, you know, he's a restricted free agent this summer. Uh, Hammond was on a local radio show in Orlando here yesterday. Uh, so it would be Tuesday. Um, and, and said, and, you know, it might've been pro forma. It might've been, you know, kind of a generic, generic, thing but said the magic have every intention to bring Aaron Gordon back now if someone offers him the max or someone gives him a crazy backloaded deal that, that they don't want to deal with um that could change uh so so circumstances definitely matter uh but it, it does seem like the magic aren't going to let a 22 year old walk for nothing um, I, I i would anticipate that the magic are going to be willing to match almost any offer that that gordon might receive and, and i kind of anticipate that they'll They'll come to an agreement before he hit, before he really, before he signs a qualifying, or before he signs an offer sheet and really hits restricted free agency. So, I think that the Magic are going to stick with Gordon, stick with Isaac, and then you add this sixth pick, and and now you start having something that looks like an interesting young core, and some of the other pieces will be will be what matters down the road. Right on. Well, one player, and I'll go ahead and reveal this since we're on the show here. Um, while working on my mock draft, I did get to the Orlando pick. I did look at some salary cap. I did look at who contributed last year to the Magic, what they need, who signed to a long-term deal, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I've been putting a lot of thought into this draft of mine. Um, I have the Magic taking Trey Young at six. Not only would he be a fit for what they can do, he's a passer, he's a scorer, um, he can shoot. And in this modern NBA, he would be the kind of guy that could really make the Magic. He could be that, that star that could attract people's eyes to Orlando as the market is not exactly, it's not a New York or a Los Angeles market. Uh, I think Trey Young would be a good fit for the Magic. He would fill a a big hole, especially with the trade of Alfred Payton last season. Um, So that's who I have going. I I know you can't reveal anything about the workout tomorrow, but uh, what are your thoughts on Trey Young possibly suiting up for the Magic? Because that's something that I've seen on several mock drafts. Yeah, and that, that's, that's who I currently have the Magic taking as well in my mock draft. And, and I've, I've done some mock draft exercises with, with some other writers and some other, uh, with some other bloggers. And, and, and it always comes down to, to, to pick to, – it come, usually comes down to picking Trey Young. And it seems like that is a pick that makes a lot of sense. You're right. It makes a lot of sense with the team's needs. They need a point guard. Makes a lot of. Uh, it, it, they need shooting. They need a. They need a playmaker. They need someone who can create for others. They need a scorer. They they, they need someone to kind of set everyone into the role that they're most successful in. You know, getting Evan Fournier maybe a little bit more off the ball uh, and a little bit more space to to take threes at the three point line. Uh, giving more room to Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac on the perimeter. Um, Young is someone who, you know, it, it really really to me he's the first player that you can clearly see Stephen Curry influenced his game. And, and I don't think he would say Stephen Curry is the guy he models his game after. He, he would say it's Steve Nash, um, which is another, which is an interesting comparison. I mean, I, I do agree that there is a little bit of Nash in his game too. Um, but it, it feels like to me, he's really the first player that grew up watching Stephen Curry and, and, impl- and adding those elements to his game that we're seeing coming to the NBA. Uh, and, you know, that kind of player warps defenses it it forces defenses to, to account for him at, at all times and that makes everyone's life easier and, and I think that that's a player that you can truly build around them like I said there are some really nice centers in this draft uh, you know Mo Bamba Wendell Carter Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, DeAndre Aiden's probably going to go number one but there, there are some really interesting centers in this draft but you know even though Mo Bamba has this insane seven foot ten inch wingspan I don't think he would change the game as much as having Trey Young at the head of your offense. I think you can find defenders that can do sort of what, not completely what a Mobamba does, who, you know, project, who compares similar to like Rudy Gobert. Um, you can do, you, you can find, you can find centers that do at least a good chunk of what a person like that does. I don't think you can find someone that can do everything that Trey Young does. And so if I, if I'm Orlando and Trey Young's on the board, uh, I think that would probably be my pick too. All right. I uh, oh, go ahead, Nate. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, Tr, we're gonna run a little on time. I know Phil's got to get to bed. He's got to. He probably has to work tomorrow. Uh, but if you got anything for him? Yeah, I got. I got one. Uh, go non basketball question because Phil told us <laughs> that he likes the kind of stuff that we like. Uh, True. CM Punk. Sam Punk fighting Mike Jackson, UFC 225 Saturday. Just won the court case with Cole Cabana. Is Sam Punk too damn old to be in a damn UFC, or is he going to get a win? You know, I, I, I don't follow UFC as, as, as closely as, as I do sports enter, other sports entertainment, uh, but I guess UFC is more sports than entertainment. But um, 
I, 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 if I remember correctly, CM Punk really struggled in his first run with U with UFC, uh, and I, yeah. I know he's getting up there in the age, and, and, and you know, you know, WWE is, you know, in wrestling, does, age doesn't seem to matter as long as you can still sell, um, and as long as your right. opponent can still can still sell for you. Uh, that ain't, right. that's not happening at UFC, and so you know, I, you know, I hope uh, hope CM Punk knows what he's getting himself into. He's, he's obviously a really skilled athlete and, and 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 a skilled enough fighter to get to get into the octagon and get get into that ring. But uh, if I remember correctly, his first run didn't end so well. So I, I can't imagine it's going to get better as he ages. Gotcha. So oh, and two, and then maybe you know I miss him in a, in the wrestling business. So hopefully, whether it be all in or some non WWE or even WWE after the court case uh, sting wears off. Who knows? But I'd like to see him back. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think a lot. I think a lot of fans would certainly the fans in Chicago would. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Phil, thanks for jumping on with us, buddy. We really appreciate you. Thanks for talking some Orlando Magic, some NBA Finals with us. Uh, if you want, go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you, and uh, we'll let you go get some rest. Yeah, the best place to find me is on Orlando Magic Daily. You can check us out at orlandomagicdaily.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcasting and listening device. Uh, the podcast is Locked On Magic, and you can follow me. The best place to follow me on Twitter is at philiprr underscore omd. All right. Thank you, Philip, for jumping on with us, man. You have a good rest of your night, and thanks for coming on, and we hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, right, absolutely. Glad to be glad to be part of the three timers club. You're the only <laughs> one so far. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have a good night. All right, that was Philip Rossman, right? Tr, we've got a call on the line here. Hold on just a second. Hello, caller. You're on the air. You damn right, I'm on the air. I got a lot of grievances with you people. Okay, bring it. I'm I'm joking. What's up, man? This is Naj. How you Canadian boys doing, man? Ah, oh, my man. Naj called when Tim took place, uh, Nate. Oh, um, okay. Okay. That, that one week. How yeah, you feeling, yeah. Naj? Uh, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Uh, sitting here watching the non-competitive NBA finals uh, that we've been subjected to. But, you know, besides that, why complain? Yeah, I uh... – you know, I'm I'm on the bummed out side because, you know, the realistic me when we had our predictions, uh, gun to my head, I said a sweep. And I didn't want to see that, though, because somewhere along the line in the last four years, I've grown to dislike the uh, Warriors. And it's not necessarily the Durant move. It's just, I don't know. I just, after a team is so dominant, I just get tired of seeing a, a, a team dominate, uh, for lack of a better explanation. So, and LeBron has played so great this season, and especially this postseason. And I was just really, especially during game one when they could have, should have, would have, uh, stole one at Oracle, I was really looking forward to being wrong and hope, hoping that Cleveland would, uh, at this point, at least be down 2-1, if not up 2-1. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? As you as you mentioned coming in, you said non-competitive. Um I, I think we can all agree there's no shot of them coming back. This doesn't seem like the Boston Red Sox. But uh, how's your feelings on game one and game three? Should they have taken either of the two, in your opinion, or, or is the 3-0 the way it should be? 
Well, well, yeah, that's the way it should be. And and honestly, uh, the sweep, well, that that game won. The fact that they didn't win, uh, at least we don't have to hear uh, the term gentleman sweep anymore because I'm getting tired of people saying that. But but honestly, man, the Durant move is the that's the issue, man. This guy went to a 73 win team who had already won a championship, and he just ruined competitive balance in the league. There's never been a second best player in the league who's done something like this uh, just out of pure pride for one, and then for two, it, it'd be like uh, you setting up a season on Madden and putting it on. Okay, maybe you win every game by 30 <laughs> points. Is that fun? So. No, I, I'm I'm really disgusted by this because I felt like the NBA, with the amount of talent they have right now, they had a chance to really change things and not get to parity because parity is, is impossible with basketball just because talent is so few. You know, great talent is so few, and, and they you know, they hold so much sway on the game. But we, we could have seen right. something special with this generation of players. And KD, what, what he did just ruined everything because now – I feel like LeBron is going to do the same thing now, and he's going to go somewhere, stack a team up, and we're going to be, you know, looking at the same kind of thing. And it, it just ruins competition to a degree. So, yeah, I'm extremely upset at KD. Uh, nice win, buddy, but I'm I'm stacking an asterisk next to his name. <laughs> well, he'll he'll always be remembered as the guy who who had to leave and go – you know, the can't if you can't beat them, join them guy. And the Thunder had that series won with him and Westbrook. Um, you know, a couple things go differently. The Thunder are in the finals and the Warriors are at the house. So it would have been a little yeah. different. But if you can't beat them, join them. And everybody's going to remember Durant for that. He's really, you know, as great as he is, he's going to tarnish his own legacy that way. would have been like uh, – you know, it would have been like if Bird and Magic decided, you know what, why are we playing against each other so hard? Let's just join forces and take it easy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I have a lot uh, of respect for us. Now, one thing you guys talked about uh, with the guy from Orlando that I disagree with is I think we're getting these prisoner of the moment type of ideas where we're talking about, oh, well, we just need to seed the playoffs. It's like, no, man. It's all based on generational outcomes in the draft, who goes where, and who gets injured. So if yeah. Derrick Rose and Dwight Howard don't go the trajectory that they went on uh, by being injury prone and not the Hall of Fame players that they were, you know, on the rise to be as young guys, then LeBron doesn't have a, a cakewalk in the East. It becomes a totally different thing. But because of that, it's made us think of the East as lesser than when it's like, no, dude, we're just talking about ping pong balls and where they landed. So the East right now, you got Simmons, you got the Greek freak. Uh, in the coming years, the East is, is going to be a heavyweight. So, you know, this, this thing is cyclical, and we shouldn't overreact and start trying to reseed and, and do all this stuff when, no, you're kind of subjected to the era you're, you're playing in. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's the East versus West dynamic doesn't need to change, and I, I think we're overreacting right now by looking at, you know, what is a depleted East. But, you know, sometimes draft picks don't work out or you make the wrong pick. And that guy was representing Orlando who traded Dwight Howard and turned it into what? Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I can tell you. But that's, uh, you know, that that's also a good point, Nas. I never thought about it from that perspective. I'm glad you were able to bring that to light. That That's true. And this is a debate, and I'm glad Adam Silver is going to gonna look at it and make his opinion uh, known and dive into it as – you know, it 
I, I think it could possibly make the league better, but as you pointed out, maybe it won't. And you know, that's a it's a healthy debate to have, though I think. Yeah, well, that, there's that, some that, years where you're going to draft Michael Ola with candy, and that's going to mess up you know <laughs> the balance of the conferences, as opposed to one year when you get LeBron, <laughs> because every draft is not the same. You know, that's you have true. that number one pick sometimes is great, and sometimes it's a curse. Ola <laughs> McCandy. Yeah. Man, that's a name I haven't heard in yeah. a while. <laughs> My or, God, uh, the candy man. Or Markel Fultz, and I'm from Philly. But anyway, <laughs> no, nah, I'm actually optimistic. I, I was down on Markel Fultz, like, going into last year's draft. But, uh, you know, throughout the year, not that I flipped completely, but I, I think next year you're going to see a little bit from him. But, but back to the point about the uh, – changing formations and so forth. Um, you know, if they go to the effort to do that, and all of a sudden you, you might, instead of Golden State, you might be seeing Sixers Celtics or Sixers Bucks or Celtics Bucks or what have you. So, uh, you know, I lean towards the side of Naj on this one, um, Nate. He makes a very valid point. You know, Shit changes if Kyrie Irving and I, you know, who can say about Gordon Hayward? But if Kyrie Irving's the primary ball handler in the fourth quarter, do the Cavs even beat Boston? Who knows? You know, so injury probably not. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, you know, that's a whole other thing because you know, the, the sad thing about this is because we live in this weird, you know, social media era where everything has to be all or nothing. Uh, as great as LeBron is and as much, you know, of LeBron, we're kind of oversaturated with LeBron coverage all the time, he's actually going to be downgraded for losing in the finals with teams that had no business in the finals who he dragged there just through his own, you know, greatness. But when you line that team up against Golden State, like, there's no shot. Like, we knew that before the finals and it's playing out on the court. They were bad defensively already, and now they're going to stop this team? No. Uh, Golden State has a huge margin for error, and Cleveland has none. So, no, they're not going to win. And I, I have no idea how Vegas was able to sway people to put money on Cleveland, but, you know, they're good at their job. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Naj, would you, would you care, Naj, if I put you on hold real quick? I've got a sponsor call coming in here in just a second. Oh, would it be all right if we put – all right. We'll get back to you in just a minute, all right? All right, we're about to be joined by our sponsor. I have to call his phone right now. Um, as professional as I am, yes, calling live on the air, but we do what we do here. Uh, hey, you were drinking tonight. It's not your fault. That's true. I did have a drink tonight. <laughs> Nate, had, Nate had one beer, ladies and gentlemen. One beer, you know me. Hello? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our sponsor, the man himself, Mr. Stephen P. New from the law offices of Stephen P. New. Uh, hey, how are you doing, you guys? Doing? Having a Steve. doing great, Steve. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. Sorry about uh, that. Is it, back doom and, there. is it doom and gloom for you, Steve, on this final series like it seems to be for a lot of us just because it's so – Non-competitive? Or are you are you still happy with the games because the games themselves, two of three at least, have been pretty good? Yeah, two of three games have been uh, tight, 
you know, you could probably argue that, that Cleveland could easily be up to one uh, at this point, you know, but for a few bonehead plays. It's been a competitive series. Uh, still could maybe go six, hopefully. Uh, so we'll just see where it goes. You know, I mean, the, two of the three games have been entertaining thus far. Uh, you know, and as uh, someone who's a, not a real big fan of either team, just good pro basketball, uh, you know, that's really all you can ask for at this part of the year. Gotcha. Well, folks, again, we're joined by Stephen P. New from NewLawOffice.com, the law offices of Stephen P. New, one of our great sponsors here. Again, Steve, thank you so much for sponsoring the show, for jumping on with us here. Um, you're a Lakers fan, I believe you told me. Is that, that what uh, – that, is that a uh, fact there, Lakers fan? That, yes, yes. I, I am, in fact, a Lakers fan. been a Lakers fan a long time. My, my mother – uh, was a fan of Jerry West, uh, of course. Never got to watch him play or anything. So, um, you know, I, I started to get interested in pro basketball, collecting the little small uh, NBA basketball cards about 1978, 1979. Uh, really got into it, you know, Bird and Magic coming to the league, yeah. uh, Showtime, and just you know fell in love with the with the Lakers, the organization, and have. Uh, you know, had the privilege of sitting down courtside across the court from Jack Nicholson at Staples Center. Um, you know, had the privilege of watching uh, Shaq and Kobe uh, play uh, David Robinson. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a huge Lakers fan. I, I love them, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they can make a few more trades and get competitive again. Boston has, you know, Boston's back. Uh, in the hunt, and it's you know it's good to see a team that's won you know seventeen, eighteen championships, whatever they have, uh, be competitive in the league. You know, uh, it's Tr uh, Steve. I'm interested in, with your Lakers in the uh, Julius Randle situation. Uh, you know, they're obviously going to be a big game hunter in the off season. Um, with my Sixers, they're up there. Uh, I think. The odds are now Houston's the favorite, then the Sixers, then the Lakers as far as the LeBron sweepstakes. They can make it uh, if you're a numbers cruncher, and and you're smarter than Nate and I with a lot of stuff, but I don't know if you get into this. But salary cap-wise, they can get hypothetically both Paul George and LeBron James. Does that make a Laker fan happy? It it does. You know, I, I have always thought, you know, looking back at great championship teams, through the years, I always think that you got to have you got to have four guys. You got to have four studs out of the five in your starting lineup, uh, you know, and a, and a guy who can come off the bench where you have not much of a fall off. And uh, I, I think that's what uh, the Lakers uh, should be looking for. So it would not surprise me a bit that that happens. Gotcha. Well, not only a, a Laker fan, I know um, Steve's a graduate of Marshall University, and we've actually had the uh, director of Marshall Basketball um, Day-to-Day Operations, Neil Skaggs, on here. He's a friend of mine from way back, believe it or not, a Logan County native, uh, Steve. And nice. he's been on here talking a little Marshall ball with us, and uh, we hope to have Coach Dan Tony on uh, in the near future. I've been in discussions with them. But um, being as you're a Marshall grad, 
went to Marshall. Did you attend a lot of basketball games back then? And Marshall got their first NCAA tournament win this year. Uh, what were your thoughts on their team this year as they went forward we had the battle of Marshall and West Virginia in the NCAA tournament? You know, growing up, uh, big fan of the herd, you know, loved watching them play in the Southern Conference tournaments in the, in the 1980s, uh, you know, with Skip Henderson, um, you know, and, and all of those great teams, uh, Huck's herd. It was just fan, you know, it was a fantastic time to be a Marshall fan. Uh, my family, my mother graduated from Marshall. My aunt graduated from Marshall. Uh, so big, big fan in the eighties when they played in the Southern conference, played Davidson, UTC. Uh, and then it was, it was when I was at Marshall in the early nineties, early it was brutal time to be a Marshall basketball fan, you know, even, <laughs> even though they were somewhat competitive in the Mac, you know, in, in maybe the mid to late nineties, uh, it's, it just has been brutal the last 30 years, uh, you know, hats off to Mike Hamrick for giving Danny D'Antoni a chance, uh, to come in. That that's Danny's dream job. You, you know, it, it's not a stepping stone. Uh, you know, Danny was personally affected by the plane crash He's a son of Marshall. He bleeds green. And, you know, he could have continued uh, coaching in the NBA uh, with his brother and made lots of money and, you know, lived comfortably or what have you. But, uh, you know, the Marshall job was a dream job. Uh, He's recruiting West Virginia kids. You know, he's giving kids a chance to play Division I ball uh, who don't even get so much as a sniff from uh, other Division I teams. And it's a really exciting time to be a Marshall fan uh, again, you know, to, to watch these kids from, you know, Logan or Pineville or Martinsburg or, you know, like John Elmore from uh, Charleston, uh, for instance, or just kids from the tri-state area get out there, get their shot, uh, and then, you know, have a really magical sort of run uh, like they had this year. And, you know, a kid is a, a two-sport star, uh, Jeremy Dillon from Mingo Central yeah. High School. You know, won a state title last year. Jeremy's in camp. I, you know, I saw on Twitter and some news reports and things that, you know, they brought four exciting freshmen in. Uh, it's just going to be really, uh, really exciting to watch them play. Uh, they're getting a new video board down there. Uh, and it's just going to be, I, I think, a lot of fun uh, at, at the Henderson Center the next few years uh, watching, watching Danny's brand uh, of basketball. You know, hopefully they can add some depth. Uh, get some more money in the program, and uh, start to compete. You know, that's the great thing about NCAA basketball is you don't have to be uh, a big school. Uh, You know, you remember I I drove past – I was in Indiana for uh, court and work the other day and drove past Valparaiso University. It looks like Logan Mm -hmm. High School. Uh, You know, it's a really (laughs) small uh, place. It looks it, it looks like Logan over on the island, and I thought that's Valpo. Uh, you know, it, they have success. Places like Gonzaga, yeah. uh, you know, have success. So you know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, the biggest school from the biggest conference. George Mason, you know, uh, Old Dominion from Conference USA had a nice run a few years ago. But, you know, so you know that's what as Marshall set up to maybe hopefully make a run you know, be a perennial uh, tournament up here. Yeah, T.R. so confused right now. He lives in Philadelphia. He has no idea about <laughs> Logan High School on the I, island. <laughs> but that's, that's my old stomping ground. We, 
we need we need to fly you down just so you get a picture. You know, Valparaiso University. You know, it it wouldn't even make a good a good high school. You know, uh, in yeah. uh, in Philadelphia. But talk about a great basketball town, though. You know, four or five great oh, colleges yeah. uh, up there. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just what it's. It's my favorite big city, uh, by the way. Uh, I I love Philadelphia. Okay. It's my favorite big well, city. Great sports town. Great fans. Uh, you know, I, I just always feel a lot of excitement when I'm in Eastern PA. This is a segue, then. Uh, no, Nate, I'm not going to hog it all with my story, but I may no, be contacting ahead. you. I may be contacting you in the future with something that you can help me with in your profession that you're the best in the world at. Uh, <laughs> and I and I live in the Philly area, so that's good. But uh, awesome point about that uh, about our city, which I never brought up in the seven months plus now that we've been doing this, maybe more than that, Nate. I don't even know how long we've been doing this. But um, the beginning of the basketball season. The the big five here um, was so uh, competitive and, you know, Villanova and Temple usually, you know, lingered at the top. But, you know, you get LaSalle and St. Joe's and the the old matches at the Palestra, and you could add Drexel to, to the big five and make it the big six, so to speak. Uh, even when they're unranked, something about the inner city matchups um, between these teams in Philadelphia, it was always electric at the Palestra. And, uh, yeah. you know, great great point about this being a, a hoops town. I mean, a lot, of course, we're all happy with the Philadelphia Eagles finally uh, giving us what we've been dreaming about forever. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that team from last season, and hopefully we can stay on the upswing, but but great point that uh, something I never brought up about Philly basketball was the history of the of the Big Five. Uh, we got a yeah. national championship for Villanova this year, and and took two out of three years actually. And um, you know it's a great rich history here. So yeah, Philadelphia is a, a great sport. And maybe just maybe if you're not planning on coming to Philly, maybe I'll give you a, a reason to if I call your offices <laughs> in the near future. Sure. Sure, and would would love to have any chance to come back up that uh, <clears throat> doesn't involve deposing an Ivy League brain surgeon, heart surgeon, cancer surgeon, or something from Penn. Uh, that would be awesome if I didn't have to come up there and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and lock horns with some guy who's way smarter than all three of us. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, T.R., if you do call him, make sure you dial 1-888-692-8084 for your free consultation or visit newlawoffice.com. There's a plug for you, Steve, and no charge. But uh, <laughs> That's right. Cheap, cheap pop there. No problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, especially down here, you mentioned Jeremy Dillon going to Marshall. Um, I've actually had the pleasure of uh, calling a few of his games uh, for the local radio down here. Um watched him play football and he's and he's just as good at football as he is basketball. Uh, I'll say that much. He's a quarterback, he can run, got a great arm. Uh he's a two he was a two sport athlete. Uh I believe he was all state in both of them. And uh yeah, man, all oh man. Both. He's a pure athlete and he's gonna add so much to Marshall. He's about six five, six six, uh good shooter and one thing people don't give him credit for is his defense. Um, that Mingo Central team this past year was very good. And I know 
a lot of you out there are going, my God, Nate's talking high school basketball now. Just just hear me out. I'm talking to Steve here. Um, that Mingo Central team was very good, and they were very limited as they lost one of their best players midway through the season. They basically had it with Jeremy and Drew Hatfield where they're, they're one and two, and they had they needed a lot of help, and they still were a game away from – or I think maybe two games away from the state tournament here in West Virginia in yeah. AA, and AA is tough in the state of West Virginia. So uh, big recruit there for Marshall, and I, I know he'll fit in well, and he'll fit Coach D'Antoni's system very well. He sure will. This is a great compliment to all that's going on down there, and you know Danny's excited to have him in camp. Definitely. Um, so, do you think that the Warriors can bounce back, or the Cavs, excuse me, the Cavs can bounce back and make this a series, or do you think it's pretty much all she wrote when it comes to the NBA Finals this year? You know, I, I, when LeBron gets his back against the wall, I, I think that's when is when he is his best. Question is, you know, how's his legs? Is he tired? Uh, you know, can, can he can he reach down deep and and sort of dig into the well? You know, pull a rabbit out of a hat, I guess, uh, to mix metaphors. But uh, you know, it, it, I, I think that Cleveland wins the next game. Uh, I, I don't know about any more uh, after that. I, I really don't because I, two of the three games have been close. Uh, you know, but as as you've said on social media and some other places, it it still wasn't enough. Uh, to get the job done, you, you know, you mm-hmm. you you beat you beat Golden State statistically in some of the statistics, and you know somehow you find yourself uh, on the losing end by by eight or by ten or what have you. So you know, I, I think Cleveland wins the next game, and then uh, you know Steph Curry and KD just just close it out. All right. So you're telling me there's a chance. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know it was uh, we had Jonathan Hood on from ESPN 1000 and a uh, big wrestling fan too, Jonathan. So sh- shout out, he has our common interests, um, the three of us. But um, you know we were all making predictions, and my heart is different than my head, and these guys put it made me pick with my head and I said a sweep but I've been rooting for the Cavs prior to that I was rooting for the Celtics over the Cavs and prior to that I was rooting for the Sixers over the Celtics so uh if I'm rooting for the team you could pretty much put the house on the other team to win the series so (laughs) judging judging from the last three Eastern Conference series but you know what am I gonna do I'm a Philly guy do you guys think, uh, Nathan, I, I know how you kind of feel about this, but do you guys feel mm-hmm. like that, that there's some imbalance there from, from the west to the east? Yeah, we were actually oh, discussing that. Nate, Nate, you can you can pose your uh, question to Steve that you've been posing to everybody as, as far as All right, I will. Uh, um, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I had posted it on social media before we got on here to kind of stir interest up online for the show. Uh Steve, I'll ask you, what do you think? Do you think that we need to just do the best 16 teams in the the playoffs? Or should we stick with the east-west system that we have right now? Because it seems right now that Golden State and Houston would have been a much better, more entertaining finals than what we've got right now. Um, 
for money sake for the league and for ratings, I think we would have had a better finals with just 16. The WNBA has had success with it, so uh, I'll pose you the question. What do you think? I, you're asking the wrong guy, Nathan, because I'm way too much of a traditionalist. Um, I, I really am. Uh, I mean, I I would go back and you know I'd put I would put teams back where they used to be in cities and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Uh, I'm a, I'm a crazy traditionalist when it when it comes to sports. Uh, that being said, um, you know times change. I, I love the the East West uh, breakdown. Uh, you know, and, and I love the the effect of travel on uh, playoff series in the NBA and things like that, and, and how coaches have to account for that, players have to account for that, and their diet, rest, everything like that. Uh, but you know, as you said, WNBA has had some success with it. Other sports have changed uh, their their formats uh, and what have you. So, uh, you know, if the NBA front office starts to sense that. You know, ratings go down or something like that, or I think if for an extended period of time, you know, if for several years there seems to be like four teams in the West are better than even the best of the East, uh, you could start to see some of that come about, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, I was – you know, we had a caller on earlier who um, who did pose that um, what if – Dwight Howard stays in Orlando and doesn't stay injury prone. Derrick Rose stays in Chicago. He doesn't get injured as bad. Um, teams make the right draft picks instead. Then maybe we have a more balanced league. Maybe the East is the dominant. So, you know, I never really looked at it that way. Um, I guess I just looked at it as it is for now. Uh, with the way free agency works, you never know. It seems like these teams, they're all stacking up out West. But it, you would think free agents, when they become free agents, would want to stay in the East more of a chance, I would think, in my mind, to get to the finals and try to do some damage, especially with teams like Boston, Philly, now are starting to rise. And uh, rumors are spreading around the league that LeBron James and Paul George this summer in the off season are going to be a package. You better be able to afford both if you want them. That's the rumor. So again, take that with a grain of right. salt. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's not a package. Of. Go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to say that there's certainly, uh, you know, hi- history certain bear, certainly bears that out, Nathan. Uh, you know, uh, LeBron likes those situations where he knows who he's going to be playing with. You know, obviously that's what he did in Miami. Uh, they put together kind of a little mini dynasty down there, and uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all uh, to see that happen. Uh, just gonna gonna be interesting to see how all that plays out. Uh, the GMs and and their their draft picks, their trades, all that's going to be really important uh, impact on this uh, conference balance. Yeah, yeah, it up, really up here, will be. up here with. Uh... Up here with Philadelphia, um, I'm sure you're aware of the burner account scandal with uh, Brian Colangelo, our GM. Um, they 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 investigated all day today, and at least as of the time we went on the air, haven't made a decision on his future. But um, the word I get is they're leaning towards keeping him. Um, 
if if it turned out that it was actually me who was playing uh, Honest Abe and Eric Jr., do you got my back, Steve? Absolutely. 100%. Thank you. <laughs> Brian, Brian Colangelo will be happy that he may be cleared because I, I am rumored to maybe have one of those burner accounts that was not happy with Mark Fultz and I had too many to drink with that night. <laughs> that's, that's always a good defense. That's a, intoxication is always a good defense to most things. Yeah. Well, see, we don't want to keep you too long. We appreciate you jumping on the show with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our wonderful sponsor, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New. Check him out at newlawoffice.com. We'll be playing his commercial that we have made for him here very shortly. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. And Steve also sponsors All-Star Wrestling in West Virginia. It's All-Star Wrestling WV, which I am a part of. Uh, big show on Friday. Magnum TA will be in the house, and many, many more. Tough Guy Inc. will be there. The reuniting of Law Resistance, Dr. Tom Pritchard. And you know what? Come say hey to Steve. He'll be there if you're in the West Virginia area. Come hang out with us. We'll all be down there having a good time. Steve, thank you so much for coming on and sponsoring the show. You are the man, sir. I Absolutely. Thank you so much. Can't wait to be on again. Maybe we will uh, talk about wrestling. You know, I've been a wrestling fan uh, since I was 10 years old. Uh, I love it. I was in Philly for the Royal Rumble in January. I uh, got to go to nice. Mania, plan to go to SummerSlam. I'm going to do the big four uh, this there you year. Go. And, uh, you know, I, I just I, I love it, Nathan. I, I absolutely love it. I've got hey. a lot going on with my law office, you know, and I serve on a couple of other boards and things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I really love, you know, having the connection with Gary, having the connection with you guys and, and you know, some other things that, that just keep me connected to that sport that I love so much. Oh, and, and you know what, you're you're doing a great thing uh, with, with the sponsoring and New Law Office has been one of our best sponsors here on the show. You guys are consistent. We constantly put you over anytime I see somebody online asking, hey, I need law advice. Anybody got a good lawyer? I'm like, hey, I know a guy. Tag give. Tag your law <laughs> office right then and there. So uh, we no, hope I, we're helping I you I greatly appreciate that. You're helping us out, and we will definitely get you on. We'll talk some more pro wrestling here in the near future. And I will see you Friday, sir, unless I see you at a random gas station again. That was interesting. That was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I show up for a nephew's birthday party, and boom, there's there's Nathan buying uh, Slurpees or slushies or something there. Yeah. So <laughs> my pregnant my pregnant fiance wanted a flur a slushie, so I had to pick one up for her. <laughs> All right, great, guys, so it was great being on. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime, thank anytime. you. Anytime. All right, take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Stephen P. New, our wonderful sponsor. And you know what, TR? The hits just keep on coming. We got another guest here joining us now. He is the editor-in-chief and lead Suns reporter for Hoops Habit and for fan, the Fanside Network. This is Gerald. And, Gerald, this, you're going to have to help me on your last name, brother. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's Borgay. Borgay, yes. Gerald Borgay. All the way out there in Arizona. Thanks for coming on with us here. A little late, but thank you again for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing great. Nate's great. Nate's great. This is TR. Uh, thanks for coming on. I, I'm a little 
I, you know, I like to see competitive long series and, you know, my, my rational mind kind of felt the, the Warriors were going to dominate and my heart was hoping that I'd see a nice long series and we'd have a lot to talk about on, you know, after every single game, et cetera, et cetera. So, but, uh, they're not the Sixers and I'm from Philly, so I'll get through it. Uh, that's rough, but to be fair, at least the games have all been competitive except for, you know, the one where Steph just made a finals record nine threes or whatever it was. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Game two. Yeah. Makes a finals record nine threes, then goes O of nine before he hits his first three in the next game. So that shows what kind of series it's been up and down for him. But, you know, the Warriors have had Durant didn't show up in the first two games. Um Steph and Clay carried the load and then in game three Durant was able to pack the load for them. Um, it's one of those things where the Warriors can, af- their players can afford to have an off night. They're okay with that. It's like, ah, Steph and Clay only had 21 tonight. Don't worry, Durant's going to have 43. So, you know, no big deal. Well, we still win. Absolutely. I mean, Durant's performance tonight was phenomenal. And then you look at the Splash Brothers, they went like, I forgot what it was, but Steph was three for 16. Clay was only for like four for 10. And, you know, they still won, not comfortably, but they were able to pull ahead in the end when it mattered. And um, I I think the difference, aside from obviously Durant, was Iguodala. He was really great. He only had eight points off the bench, but um, huge difference maker for them. And when he's on the floor, the Cavs just have no shot defensively. Yeah, good point about Andre Iguodala because uh, I had – overemphasized uh, to some, but I, I believe that he is such an important part that's overlooked in that quote-unquote Hamptons five with his defense and, and like you said, his, just his overall presence. Um, and I think that was, uh, you know, he, he missed certain games and uh, Houston series and, and coming into the finals and what have you. And I, I thought that uh, that played a bigger role than, than many people thought. Um Without him tonight, I mean, I thought there might be a little bit of, uh, you know, rust or, you know, maybe uh, chemistry issues or whatever, and uh, Cleveland jumped out as I expected. But as always, the, the Warriors are so so loaded that uh, I think it was uh, Philip earlier, Nate, that brought up, you know, or maybe it was you that brought up, you know, one or two things go the wrong way and they're on a, you know, 15-0 run. So, and it's just, yeah. it's unstoppable. What can you do, you know? Um, I was I was going somewhere with a question, but you know my brain when I go somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> I might as well just switch topics altogether and talk Phoenix Suns basketball. I, I did hear that uh, Aiton is working out, I believe, tomorrow. Um, is is there any other options going on out there, or are we nationally being fed what you're being told internally? So. I mean, so they he got into town, I think, yesterday, got some shots up. They, you know, took him to dinner the whole nine, um, and then they had a workout this morning, and uh, we're going to have dinner with him again. Um, and I think he was actually watching the finals with, um, like, Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris, some of the guys from the team. So uh, the early team bonding is already in effect. Um, I've always – I've been on Team Luka Doncic this whole time, but it, after gotcha. today's press conference, it definitely felt like Aiton's going to be the pick. Like, 
there were just a horde of media people showing up for a pre-draft workout. Um, you know, he he basically said uh, he knows he's going to go number one, even though obviously McDonough, the GM, wouldn't say that. Um, it, it just seems like he's the pick. He's the local guy. This is his home. Um, you know, he's the he's the favorite that everyone sees, as opposed to the foreign guy that everyone's afraid is going to be Darko Milicic. So. Um, it's it's probably going to be Aiton, and you know that's not a bad thing. He seems like he's going to be a surefire twenty and ten guy, so um, kind of takes some of the intrigue away. But it, it seems like he's going to be the pick. Gotcha. Well, one thing with Aiton, um, it's it's the attractive pick. It's the pick that the media is saying, oh, you know, that's the guy Phoenix needs. You know, I was looking at doing my mock draft, and I was really looking into it, and. One guy that nobody's really talking about is uh, Dragon Bender. Uh, Phoenix drafted him a few years ago. A little bit of a project. I thought they took him a little high. Uh, but Bender has been a guy who Phoenix, it seemed like they liked him. But now they're looking at Aiden to come in. Is Dragon Bender maybe in the doghouse? Or has he just not panned out? Or what's what's going on in the Dragon Bender camp? Well, I mean, if you look at his first two seasons, they've largely been underwhelming, especially for a top four pick like he is. Um, His rookie season, he missed nearly half the season due to injuries, and he didn't really get a fair run at playing time um, because by the time they had fully, you know, gone with the the youth and giving the youngsters minutes, he was hurt at that time. Um, So last year was kind of like his de facto rookie season. Um, and he played well here and there, but for the most part, he wasn't aggressive enough. Um, he still needs to get stronger. He needs to be more assertive on offense. Um, really, the only thing that he brought to the table last year is kind of defensive versatility and three-point shooting. He actually shot like 36% from three, which is pretty good for a 20-year-old seven-footer. Um, the thing with bringing Aiton is, um, like, Bender and Chris are both fours right now so they can plug them into the fours and since both of them have kind of underwhelmed it's still sort of a battle between the two to figure out who's going to be a long-term fixture in the front court um so with neither one of those two looking like a sure thing um i think bringing in Aiton as the number one pick makes some sense and then um you know hopefully with bender's versatility or with chris's true position being the four um one of those two will work out alongside him for the long term I am. Uh, I'm from Philadelphia, so it's a, it's a it's a lot different than being in the in the position. Well, not a lot different because we had number one the last couple of years, but um, it's a lot different perspective from here than there because you see a lot more with the organization of Phoenix than I do. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Doncic. I uh, we we've yet to do our full draft show, but we 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 sprinkle hints here and there. I'm all, I'm I'm anti Aiton. I mean, uh, I don't think he's going to be a bad NBA player, but I don't by any means think he's a consensus number one. Uh, what you're telling us is new information to us out here that, you know, they watched the game together with Booker and uh, Chris and uh, J- was it Jackson you said too? Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, so I, I mean, all indications are that they're going that way and, and he's uh, – very confidently, sternly saying, I've, I've heard heard him say it elsewhere too, that I'm the number one pick and uh, we're going to show, uh, we're doing it for the Bahamas. Uh, I think it was him and who Buddy Heald that are two players from the Bahamas that um, 
are now, you know, coming to the NBA and so forth. Uh, I just, I don't know, something, something to me, you know, I'm a Mo Bamba guy, uh, but I, I mean, I, I would, you know, right now at this date and time, I, I, I would take Doncic, but what the hell do I know? Um, so I, I don't like Aiton at number one. Um, is, how how are the fans reacting? Do, do they feel Aiton is the guy to take a sports radio and so forth? Oh, yeah. The fans here are nuts over Aiton. I'd say it's probably, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for an entire fan base, but it feels like 75 to 80% are in favor of Aiton, um, not only just because of the U of A connection. There are a lot of Wildcats here in Phoenix and just in Arizona in general, obviously. Um, but also it, it kind of really does boil down to a weird form of like NBA xenophobia. Like it's not like fans, basketball fans, like hate foreigners or stuff like that. But you always, every time a foreign prospect is this high in the draft, you always get those questions about, is he going to be a bust? Is he going to be, you know, right. the next Nanad Christic or the next Darko Milicic? Like, that's always the guys that they go to. And it's not really fair because Doncic did things overseas in a better league than the NCAA at a younger age than anyone's ever done them. Um, he's a more polished product than people realize. He just won the EuroLeague championship and MVP honors. Um, he, I think he's going to be really good in this league. But, uh, you know, Aiton is the seven-foot guy, the guy that looks like David Robinson coming out of college the guy who can shoot yeah. from three-point range. Like, he just looked like a unicorn. So, naturally, their, their inclination is to side with him. You gotcha. know, you know, Luka Doncic, he, he may turn out to be a better player than Aiton, but with Phoenix's decision here, I think they're going the right direction. If it were up to me, I would go with Aiton because of, Again, his his size, his ability to shoot at from his size, is something that they're missing. Especially you know, have Alex Lynn and Tyson Chandler and guys like that who are, you know, you get them outside the free throw line, they're they might as well be you know out in the parking lot somewhere. But uh, <laughs> right, one thing with Doncic is, yes, he did win Euroleague MVP at a young young age, but. I'm a Minnesota T Wolves fan. I live in I live in West Virginia, so I followed. Nemanja Bialica, pretty close. And he was a mm. former EuroLeague MVP. And to me, the guy hasn't translated. He's not even that good of a bench player in the NBA. So I, it, it depends on the player. And, and Doncic definitely looks better than what Bialica is. But at the same time, it's kind of a double-edged sword. And, you know, people going into these drafts with these number one picks, they get excited, but then it's like, okay – Am I drafting Anthony Bennett or am I getting Anthony Davis? You know, you don't know. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird comparison there. But um, the point guard position is a need for the Suns. Um, do you have any idea if they're going to build and maybe try to start with um, keep Alfred Payton? Or are they looking to more so maybe let Tyler Eulis take over? They also have the uh, 16th pick in the draft due to the Suns. Uh, there's rumors that they might trade back up, make a couple moves, trade some players, try to get back into the top ten to take a good point guard. Um, what is it you're thinking they're going to do from the point guard position? Right. Well, I mean, this summer is all about being aggressive for the Suns. Um, McDonough has been sitting on this pile of assets for a while, and it's time for him to kind of accelerate this rebuild a little bit. Um, so assuming they go eight and at number one, 
at that point, they have a couple of different options they could go. They could wait until free agency and maybe make a uh, a large offer for someone like Marcus Smart, um, a defensive-minded player who would kind of help make up for Devin Booker's flaws on that end of the floor. Um, they could also try and package some of those picks because they have number 16 and they also have number 31, which is as close to a first rounder in the second round as you're going to get. Um, try to yeah. package some of those picks, maybe one of the younger players for someone like Kemba Walker, whose name has come up uh, on the trade market in recent months. Um, they are probably not going to keep Alfred Payton. I would be shocked if they re-signed him. Um, just because based on what they want to do in free agency this summer, his cap holds, they kind of need to get that off the books to clear out enough room to make any sort of move. Um, and he really didn't impress during his time here. He got off to a hot start, um, but his defense was a huge problem. And basically all the flaws that Orlando Magic fans have been yelling about for the last couple of years came to light. So <laughs> I'd be very surprised if he stays here. I think Tyler Eulis is calling in this league is as a backup Um but I, I definitely think once they draft Aiton, all their attention will be to finding a quality point guard that will help Devin Booker get to the playoffs uh, either this season or next season. I'll tell you what, we, we here, Nate and I both, we love the type. We love Marcus Smart. So if oh, you yeah. guys, you know, wrangle him, you know, he he's, he's not going to be, you know, Obviously, Devin Booker or nothing, but that kind of grit. And we got a guy you're probably familiar with from the University of Arizona here in Philly, T.J. McConnell. Um, not mm-hmm. quite the talent level of Marcus Smart, but those kind of guys we love on this program. The, the dive on the floor, the sneak up, you know, on the inbounds pass. It's kind of the unwritten rule, don't mess with me on, you know, it's chill out <laughs> dude kind of thing. But they, they break the unwritten rules. They get the offensive boards. I mean, I wish I could have 10 of them and, you know, three superstars, and I'd be good if I ran a franchise. But, you know, uh, good luck to you in in getting smart. Just don't give the damn Celtics too much, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, luckily I think it would be a a free agency offer and then the Celtics would have to match. So, fortunately, we wouldn't be helping them too much in your favor. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well, (laughs) You know, I'm looking at the draft, and you know, I've been really paying a lot of attention to the draft. The top ten has two point guards, you know, if Phoenix is looking to go that way. Uh, Trey Young, Colin Sexton are the two darling point guards of the draft. But the further you go, the better these guards um, start to look. And there's some guards that may impress uh, more than what people are thinking. Alexander out of Kentucky, 6'6", 180, freshman point guard. Um, you know, Aaron Holiday out of UCLA, 6'1", 185, point guard. He's a junior. Uh, the pick that I have, the Suns making at 16, I have him keeping the pick and taking uh, 6'7", 210-pound freshman from Oregon. He's a uh, combo guard, Troy Brown. I think he would be a really solid fit for Phoenix as he can, you know, he's good with the ball. He can dish. He can pass. Uh, good shooter. If Booker is uh, on the bench, you can play him at the two. He can play that one spot. You know, there's a lot they could do there. At 16, there's good value in this draft the deeper it goes. I don't think there's a runaway number one, but I think there's value the further you go into this draft, and that's just my the mock draft I had was uh, Troy Brown. What um, Do you think they may just stick with that route? And 
Um, you know, you mentioned Kimba Walker. If Kimba Walker goes to Phoenix and if Aiton pans out to be a player that people think he should be, I think Phoenix is a dangerous team. If you pair Kimba with Booker and Aiton and Josh Jackson and players like that and you have Euless as a backup, you have that Kentucky connection going on down there. It would be scary. <laughs> right. No, that would be a great core. And to your point about the 16th pick, I mean, you're right, like there is some guard depth past that top ten, um, and there, you, there are guys like Alexander from Kentucky, uh, Landry Shamet from uh, Wichita State. Um, yeah. A couple of guys they could snag if they wound up keeping that number 16 pick or that number 31 pick. Um, I, I, it's difficult to project because they have so many different assets that they could package in a trade, and they have so many different picks in this draft they could try to move up. Um, they could try to snag a proven point guard like Kemba. They could just use the picks. Um, so it's, it's hard to project which way they'll go. I do think that if they use the 16th or the 31st pick on a point guard, um, it'll be difficult for them to not, you know, also make a play for a point guard in free agency just because it's hard to yeah. trust either Tyler Eulis or a rookie with the offense. Um but, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of attractive options, and it's going to be McDonough's job to kind of spin the wheel and figure out which direction he wants to put all his chips on the table for. All right. Uh, I, I, You know, i got to go back to, to sorrow now of this NBA championship finals. I think it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion that uh, nobody in the country is going to rush to Vegas and – put a ton of money that they're going to pull Boston Red Sox. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers is, are pretty much done. I mean, there's always a chance, so to speak. Does it go five, six, or are we getting a sweep in your opinion? Um, I entered the series saying that it's going to be five games. Uh, last year the Warriors went up 3-0, and then it was pushed to a fifth game. I'm going to go ahead and – disregard all of that and go with a sweep just because of what we've seen in the first three games. Uh, they just seem so disheartened at this point. Like, LeBron's done everything he can, and they're still down 3-0. They got bad games out of KD, Clay, and Steph, and Iggy missed the first two games, and they still couldn't win one. Um, I feel like game four could be a, a blowout, but you know, even if it is at least game one, like we got a 51-8-8 from LeBron in an overtime thriller, and then tonight was close until the very end. So as much as the end result is predictable, at least the path that's getting us there has been somewhat entertaining. Yeah, fair enough. That's 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 true. Yeah, it's been a, a series that has really raised some eyebrows. I'm going to pose a question to you. I'm I'm asking everybody that calls tonight uh this question um with the east being kind of weak this year and for the and for the past however many years it's been it's been very weak league in terms of the eastern conference um Mm -hmm. do you think that the league should adopt the 16 best playoff or teams to be in the playoffs and seed them that way the WNBA have had some luck doing so um or do you? Because basically, in my opinion, we would be looking at a finals right now of Houston and Golden State, and we'd be in for a miraculous series. Do you think mm-hmm. the league should do that, or do you think the league should stick with the traditional East-West format of the playoffs? 
See, I'm. It's kind of weird for a 27 year old, but I'm a little old school on this one. <laughs> um, I kind of like the conferences. I think it would be fun to mix it up and go one through 16 for like a year or two and try it as an experiment and see how it works. Um, the problem is just making the travel arrangements for the series. Um, you know, obviously with the t- East teams going against each other and the West teams going against each other, it's easier to schedule yeah. games and kind of rip through those first couple playoff series. Um, you know, the idea of a Warriors Rockets finals would be fantastic. I mean, that was probably the best playoff series of the entire postseason so far. And, you know, watching what the Warriors are doing now, you kind of gain a respect for what the Rockets were able to do, especially with Chris Paul out the last two games. But um, there, there'd be a lot of logistics to work out with that. And my counter argument against a 1 through 16 best teams kind of format would be. Um, you know, maybe hang tight because the Rock- the Celtics and the Sixers are on the rise. They're going to be really good, and they're going to be really good for a long time. Um, and they're they're you know obviously no one was able to knock LeBron off the throne, but they got about as close as anyone has in recent memory. And um, you know you can make the case if the Celtics had their two best players, they would have done it. So. Um, I, I think I would stick with the format, but I would definitely be intrigued if the, the league decided to switch it up for a year or two just to see how it works. You know, I even thought about um, maybe a a neutral site uh, kind of format, kind of like the NCAA tournament, how they have, you know, you could do your round of 16 and have it be at a neutral site and then, you know, your round of eight be at a neutral site, and then when we get down to the the final four, take it to a big a big place and do something like that. I, of course, that would be near impossible because it's a series. But still, you know, it's kind of fun to to what if and look at. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a question I've been posing because there's been rumors that you know Adam Silver is open to discussion about it. Um, because the league doesn't like to see a series go four and done, especially in the finals. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they want a, little, a few more games than uh, than four. They'd like to have at least six if they can get it. So a four or five game well, series, I, they don't I, make as much money. I want home court, though. I don't want no neutral site in the NBA. <laughs> okay, I understand. I understand. But, yeah, it's fun to think about, though. You know, of course, the the home court does play in a lot, too. So, I don't know. It's it's something to think about. I'm not saying we should change it or we shouldn't. It's just something that I've always thought about. Like, you know, it might be fun if we if we did the 16 best. And uh, as a Timberwolves fan, a few years ago when we were the nine seed in the West and we would have been a six seed in the East, I was screaming for it. But you never know with these um, – T.R., do you got anything else for, for Gerald before we let him go? No, nah, just the uh, – not on the Suns or, or the or the finals, just may, letting both of you know. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Naj is still on hold. It would be a nah, while. No, he, he's gone. Or anybody, anybody listening, I, I, I can't confirm it, but there's a strong rumor that uh, the Sixers have, have hired LeVar Ball as our new general manager. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh boy. So you guys know you guys knew I was joking, but that's that's the circus that is Philadelphia <laughs> with this Sam Hinkie to Colangelo to burner accounts to you know what's next, you know. So, no. What a league. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, 
great appearance, man. And maybe you come back uh, off season because we're going to keep going through with a basketball show the whole off season and talk about the draft and the free agencies and so forth. Uh, that's where I'm at, Nate. Same with you. Oh yeah, we'd love to have you back on. Thank you for giving us some of your time, jumping on with us. Um, if you want, go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet and keep up with you. Especially, I know we got a few Suns fans that listen. Scott Roberts, big Suns fan, he listens in. Uh, a couple more, but uh, yeah, go ahead and let people know where they can find you. Yeah, um, I'm the editor in chief of a, a site called Hoops Habit. So if you just go to hoopshabit.com, you can find my son's articles, and we cover all 30 teams. So go ahead and check that out. And then uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at g e r a l d b o u r g u e t. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for getting on with us, Gerald. We really appreciate your time. And we hope to have you back on really soon. You know, maybe after the draft, we can talk a little bit about what the Suns do. And if there's any big moves, we'll be in touch. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. All right. We're going to take a quick time out because we've got bills to pay. We haven't paid any bills tonight at all, TR. So let's pay some bills, shall we? Fair enough. We want to invite you to check out our sponsor, WowFreeCam.com. For everything you could ever want and imagine in a cam site, it's finally here. It's WowFreeCam.com. You can log on right now and go look at some beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. WowFreeCam.com limits absolutely nothing to your effect, and you can join right now. And go check out all the fun over on WowFreeCam.com. Make sure that you are 18 or older before checking out the site. But we want to give our oldest sponsor some love here on Wide Men Can't Jump and the Wide Men Network. WowFreeCam.com have been with us from the beginning. And we want you to enjoy all the riches they have to offer. So check it out now. You don't know what you're missing. WowFreeCam.com must be 18 or older. Hello, my name is Kennedy Miller and I'm a beauty guide for Limelight by Alcone. We are a professional makeup company now being offered to the public after over 60 plus years in the industry. My website is limelifebyalcone.com backslash Makeup Kennedy. I can also be found on Facebook as Makeup Kennedy. To contact me about products or joining my team, you can email me at makeupkennedy at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting to hear from you. All right, paid a few bills there. We're back. It's Nate at TR. We got about a half an hour left here, TR. Man, we have had guest after guest and calls, and we were busy this evening. Jeff even called in, listened for a while. Couldn't even fit him in with the busy schedule we've had. So our apologies to caller Jeff. And now Ed Bogus is going to write me an a angry message that we didn't get Jeff on tonight. But thanks, uh, thanks to all our guests and sponsors for coming on. Really had a good time on the show so far tonight, TR. Yeah, I mean the thing is, we we have quality. We, uh, from from day one, we've we've had such a blessing of having quality, intelligent, whether it be callers or guests, yeah, et cetera. I mean, our caller tonight, Naj, you missed him the first time. He he had called the week you were on the cruise when Tim filled in. 
very knowledgeable yeah. fan of basketball. Um, Jeff's always, you know, a great caller, knows what he's talking about, has great trivia. Even Lou, um, when Lou calls yeah, uh, Lou. from North Jersey, he uh, he brings that strange sense of humor that I don't even know if he's joking, but he makes me laugh. So, I mean, we've got a great balance. And, again, such such fantastic guests. I mean, we – you know, we always say it, and uh, I'll probably, you know, put the responsibility on you to do it. But like a best of montage of some of the, <laughs> some of the greatest things we, greatest people we've had, and great quotes and what have you, and and funny moments yeah. and so forth. So, yeah, know. it's it's been it's I, been a fun uh, thirty one weeks of of shows that we've had so far. Um, one thing. I do want to say is we do we are blessed with some of the best guests and, our, and some of the best listeners uh, that give us some feedback and you guys are awesome and thank you for supporting and we we really do appreciate it and we really want to keep bringing you great content when the off season rolls around we ain't going anywhere because the NBA off season is just as fun as the season for me TR I don't know about for you but it is for me. Actually, the way this championship uh, has fell, you know, I've been just dying for Cleveland to just win. One of the three yeah. games. Now, if they win, if they win the fourth, it, it really doesn't even excite me. I, I really just wanted them to be at least two-one going into Game Four, because then it's even a false sense. Just, just something yeah. to have that have the blood pumping. But I mean, it's just like you know, I don't know. It's it's not the Boston Red Sox and it's not the Philadelphia Flyers of NHL where you say. Man, there's a there's a chance they'll make history because uh, there's really just to quote Vince McMahon's theme song, no chance, and uh, and and it's kind of a sad ending, you know, to uh, a season. And I I love watching basketball as as you know from talking to me off air. I sit there like a goof watching, you know, when 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 my schedule's available to watching every possession and tweeting oh, yeah. after every stupid play and stuff like that, and uh, you know. Uh, the off season, I'm very excited for. I don't want to, I don't want you or the audience to get me wrong, but uh, I'm going to miss, you know, live NBA action. It won't be too long, but then I get a new, you know, pump up and new uh, adrenaline rush to see how right I will turn out to be when I give my mock draft against uh, yours. And uh, I think we're going to have Thomas Bain back on uh, with Tim when we do that like we did for the NFL draft and uh yeah we're we're looking you know, at that in uh that'll be two weeks that's two weeks away the wide men can't jump wide men draft special uh that'll take place the night before the NBA draft I'm already working on my draft I'm um almost through the we're just going to do I believe the first round that night um but we're going to have some fun with it we'll have a good time uh Tim will get the handicap that is Thomas Bain uh as Tim is not very familiar with the NBA, and uh, you know, of course, we're going to have more shows coming along talking fantasy football, talking football, you know, because so we'll have that. Unfortunately, we're about to enter that dark hole in the sports world where basketball goes away, football hasn't started yet, and we have baseball. I was I was trying to 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 stop you with that, and and cut you off and say I want to make an announcement that every time this week after the draft show is going to be Nate for three hours himself talking about his love of professional baseball but spoiler alert you ruined my joke and uh, the real Nate came out he's not a not a big MLB fan 
I mean, I was an MLB fan back in the day, like when yeah, I was a Braves fan growing up. I played baseball. I was a decent baseball player. Uh, but, man, I just baseball just bores me anymore, man. Like, I got so into basketball and the fast-moving sports, and I'm not saying I can do what these, basketball, these baseball players do because I can't. You know, they're fantastic athletes, and I respect them for what they do, but I just think it's so boring. <laughs> I can't get into it at all. Like, I miss the days of guys being jacked up on roids and hitting 60 home runs in a season. Now, that was good times, but, man, I just it, it just bores me. Like, I really enjoyed watching the college softball World Series the other day. Um, I watched that, and I like that way more than I like to ever watching a baseball game. Right? That's just me. Well, um, you know, we got a lot with, uh, you know, and I still want to talk a little basketball and whatnot, but we got a lot. Oh, up I do, on. It's 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 wide men can't jump obviously every wednesday our flagship show now hosted by blogtalkradio.com but available everywhere itunes iHeartRadio, google play etc cetera, etc cetera. and everywhere you look we're at um we're everywhere man. Uh, but but we you know as football comes along and as our schedules in a quote unquote real life if uh i don't know if i can speak for you and tim but when i figure out my real life we're going to have a rock solid schedule We'll have something for everybody because between the three of us, we like everything from MMA to pro wrestling uh, to handicapping football games, which is going to be a huge thing uh, this football season. And, uh uh-oh, Nate, I hear somebody. Oh, boy. Um, Oh, God. uh, if, If it gets out of hand, I may handle him myself. Okay. Here you go. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god here he is folks he's back yes i am back <laughs> the time traveler i am the nba sour puss tr is so sad tonight the calves suck <laughs> anyhow uh I have some envelopes there. You know, I knew TR would be uptight, so I don't know how long he's going to let me uh, be on the line or what have you, but I I needed to share something with you, Nate, and and the Wide Men Can't Jump audience. Uh, Right. We get a little TR act tonight. I was not not expecting this. I'm I'm excited. I just kind of time traveled through, and it it was a surprise to all parties. Uh, It may take me a while to... uh, open this envelope completely uh bear with me uh, uh nathan as <laughs> as you are called by some close friends uh so okay. <laughs> the answer <sighs> jalen brunson's mother oh god the phoenix the phoenix sun's best player okay and Greg Anthony's favorite pastime. Okay, so the answer is Jalen Brunson's mother, the Phoenix Suns' best player, and Greg Anthony's favorite pastime. I'm not sure, T.R. What would be the answer? Or the question? What's the question? The question... Name a looker, a booker, and a hooker. (laughs) 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 
love that Mrs. Brimson doesn't know why Rick, no idea why Rick was cheating or doing whatever he's allegedly <laughs> accused of. Do, love Mrs. Brimson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tiarnak. Tiarnak is back. You stop it. I don't know, man. He just like a good old uh, wildfire. He pops up, and I, you know, I can't. I don't. I don't want to lose listeners because I have to censor his ass. Give me the phone back, you piece of shit, you. <laughs> oh Lord. I don't mind Nate because he laughs at my uh, entry. Uh, I don't have any more, but since Tr is bothering me, Tr. May your father meet the fate of those of Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan. My <laughs> <laughs> God. You asshole. Yeesh. My dad's already dead. Uh, my dad's my dad my dad passed away two years ago. T Arnack is a horrible person. And for those he who didn't get it, uh Steve Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan's fathers were both unfortunately murdered. Uh, so, oh my God, I got to get out of here for such poor taste at this part, <laughs> at this juncture. God, Whew. can't let that person. He's, t- he's truly tasteless. I mean, he's been called that before, but I think he sunk to an all new low with that. I can't have that. Uh, anyway, yeah, I got to keep these people away from me, man. The the, the, the wildfires and the TRNX. Oh man, they're they're a trip, man. I don't know how you get tangled up with so many interesting people. Yeah, man, it's uh, he's 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 <laughs> safely gone now. I got my door closed, and there's nobody uh, going to do any more. No any no more run-ins tonight. I was just uh, you know, I did I did well, happen. I didn't want to let him know, but I happened to agree with his opinion of uh, Mrs. Bronson. But well, you know. You know. She's not exactly hard on the eyes, but you know, Tr. Let's let's look a little bit more at Game Three of the Finals. There, there there's a couple things I, I I tweeted out or didn't really tweet out, but I posted online, um, mainly on on Facebook. But um, Tyrone Lou is just now getting Rodney Hood into the finals. I'm gonna look at the stat line. Rodney Hood had 15 points, six rebounds. Two block shots went seven eleven from shooting, fifty percent from the free throw line, and he had two of his rebounds were offensive. Um, I don't understand why Rodney Hood did not play more than twenty five minutes, and they were not getting him the ball as much. Rodney Hood played excellent. J.R. Smith played like crap. J.R. Smith had thirteen points, four rebounds, and was five of fourteen shooting. But yet, J.R. Smith had more minutes. Now, granted, maybe it was a defensive thing, but Rodney Hood should have been playing back at the start of this series. We may have a different series if Rodney Hood plays. He's been in the doghouse. I think Tyrone Lue's a horrible coach. I don't think he, he knows his personnel. They want to run everything through LeBron, let LeBron drive in and dish it. And I just don't think that they know what to do with Rodney Hood. And they finally figured it out, but too little too late. I, I hesitate to agree, uh, agree with you, even though I'm not dissing agree with you. I hate being on, on the fence like this and hedging what I'm about to say, but um, there's so many ifs, or, or not necessarily ifs, but what we might not know as uh, 
You know, oh, as many people true. as we talk to, and as people far inside as we've gotten, we've got some great connections over these months. But one thing I want to see, uh, you know, just out of morbid curiosity, when you bring up Tyrone Lou, Tyrone Lou, however you say his goddamn name, he'll always be remembered to me as the guy Iverson stepped over after the crossover. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll never. I can't look at him without the cornrows. I just can't do it. Exactly. I mean, that that was a great moment in our city's history. But um, is it LeBron that said, hey, man, I don't like this dude. He's an asshole. Is it, you know, does he have that much power? Uh, does he not have that much power? And does he like him? And is it on Teron Liu? Um, it's, I bet it'll come out at some point in the off season. Uh, you know, it's hard to accuse Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood might be a, a freaking – Nobel Peace Prize winner. He might be the greatest guy in the world. But, you know, he averaged 17 a game, and Utah didn't seem to mind getting rid of him. Um, he certainly looks the part when he has the ball in his hand. He doesn't look like a bench player by any means. Offensively, I agree with you, man. I don't know what's up. Why would you put anybody but him other than LeBron and Kevin Love? I mean, the guy looks good. Um, and. Yes. He had that thing where he refused to enter the game, and then he apologized. I think you dug up the date. It was something like May something or other. Um, yeah. Had to apologize to his team. So you mentioned the doghouse. You know, when when Philadelphia is always up for a draft, no matter any sport, well, specifically base, uh, basketball and, and football, they always talk about, well, this guy's great, but he has character issues. Uh, it's unfair without any concrete evidence or so to put that on Rodney. But I would just like to see how it plays out and see if we get a little more than we're getting. Because if not, I totally agree with you. How the hell can you have a guy that's got that kind of offensive explosion and can put up, you know, 10 points in a quarter where you were lacking and LeBron get a little rest and then you don't know who, you know, you got to defensively, you got to make adjustments to adjust to Rodney Hood score when Kevin Love and LeBron are in there. And vice versa, you have to switch off, and all of a sudden you got to, you know, maybe we're stretching it to say we got a series, but we got a different, a different looking series at least. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I guess I got to let it play out. And the first point I was trying to make about Lou is, if LeBron does leave and Lou does not, I mean, how could you fire Teron Lou? You know what I mean? Maybe they will, but um, if he's left there with what's left. Uh, then we'll see if Tyrone, I always say his name three different ways, but Mr. Lou, we'll see what he's got in the tank as far as a legitimate coach if he doesn't have that slash player coach King James right there. What do you see him on the, if, if LeBron's gone, if it's, and they have to keep the contracts, they can't work nothing out, you know, to, mm-hmm. they really yeah. have just no semblance of what they have this year. It's Kevin Love as their top guy. And you know whatever whoever they draft and God knows how do you see Teron Lou if, if if they keep him around? I don't know. Uh, he was an assistant. Uh, he knows how to coach, but when you're dealing with a lot of, he's not Phil Jackson. Does that make sense? And what I mean, and I don't mean to compare our coaches, but. Phil Jackson, when he coached, 
I mean, I mean, Phil Jackson was good at dealing with issues, like the Kobe Shaq issues. You know, if Michael and and anybody had an issue on the Bulls, Phil Jackson dealt with a lot of egos. Tyrone Lue's dealing with the best player in the world, and I don't think he's yeah. handling it well. I think, you know, there's a time, and, and you know, this is coming from a different place here, but there's a time when you have to discipline your your players. There's a time when you need to say, you know what? No, I'm the coach. I say what goes. I'm getting paid to make the decisions, not you. Now, you should listen to your players because, you know, they're your players. Listen to them. But you have to make the decision. I don't care how great LeBron is. I don't care how great Kobe was. I don't care how great Michael was. Phil Jackson coached those teams, not Kobe, not Michael. Now, granted, Michael might have changed a few plays, but he didn't say this is the personnel that's going to be in. If LeBron James doesn't like Rodney Hood and LeBron James is saying, I don't want to play with this guy, I'd tell him tough shit because we need him. We need his scoring. We need what he brings to the table. That's why he's here. You don't like him? Don't go to dinner with him. Don't hang out with his family. Don't take pictures with his kids. Don't, you know, just don't be around him. But you got to play with him. Because this is, a, you know, at the end of the day, we all have coworkers maybe that we don't get along with. You know, maybe there's what some you people say? you work with. What? <laughs> I said, what do you say? <laughs> I love UTR. You know that, you bastard. <laughs> um, it's that Dom Brovin. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> if you, we all have people we don't like in our li- that are in our lives. But you got to deal with it sometimes. I don't care if you're the best player in the world. I don't care if you're the best at anything in the world. Sometimes you got to deal with shit you don't want to deal with. And I'm not saying this is the issue, but if this, it's the issue that LeBron's saying don't play him, Tyrone Lue waits until game three of the finals whenever it's a little, too little too late to put him in and give him a shot. And he showed tonight he could do it. Now, granted, he's not the best on defense. But, I mean, God, give the guy a shot. He's doing better than what J.R. Smith was. J.R. Smith has been horrid. I just don't I don't understand. Yeah. But, I mean, J.R. You know, played a little it, better it, tonight in the early going. But played a little better, but not much better. Love played better tonight. It's just Cleveland's no match. And with Hood on the court, they looked they looked better. The second unit looked a lot better with Hood. Granted, he, he plays a lot of iso ball. He's not a guy that's going to stand around and wait for LeBron to find him. He's going to create his own shot. He's going to get to the basket. He can draw fouls. He can do those things, and that's not what LeBron likes to play with. So maybe it is LeBron saying he doesn't want to play with him. I don't know. But if that's the case, then that's very selfish of LeBron and makes me lose a lot of respect for him because sometimes you got to take one if you want to make the team better. Um, that's just me, though. So, and complete, another shot complete would be, speculation. Of course, of course. This is nothing confirmed. I'm just saying this is a what if. And if Tyrone Lue puts up with it, then he should be removed as coach because you're the coach. You're getting paid to coach the team. You're getting paid to make personnel switches, decisions. You shouldn't put up with one guy. I don't care how good he is. You can't really punish the guy, but you can say, you know what, this is still my team. So, you know, that's, that's my opinion on it, if that's the I'll case. I'll tell you one thing that's, that's unrelated um, to Rodney Hood, but – something that popped in my mind about the Mick Foley um, guest appearance last week 
after game yeah. one. I uh, he made a point that I you know not many people pointed out, and I I had no idea watching it in in live you know live time game time so to speak about that mm-hmm. foul that Draymond did to LeBron and it ended up on his eye and he yeah. still if you saw it tonight still has a uh, a lot of uh you know build up blood and uh, whatever you call that I think there's a, a medical term for that where the, the like a busted side of the it's eye like a busted is, vein or something like that that's what I've always called it yeah yeah I mean it's not like crazy like detached retina or nothing where he can't play but um Looks like a, you know, it looks like he uh, rode to the game. It looks like he rode to the game with RVD and Sabu. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Did I, is that is he the Josh Gordon of uh, of the other Cleveland franchise? I mean, he is, is in Cleveland, so maybe Legarrette yeah, won uh, Cleveland now. <laughs> yeah, aptly named, right? Um, for real. But yeah, uh he's still got that, that, that big old patch of blood on the left side of his left eye and uh damn if the uh who who what better guy to point that out though than a guy that <laughs> took the punishment of Mick Foley over the years, you know what I mean? So that was uh <laughs> Yeah. You know, kind Foley of a bang injury. bang play that I yeah, I mean that that was kind of a bang bang play where I was like, ah, that's t- typical Draymond, whatever, but you know, I didn't notice the eye part, I just thought it was like kind of a slap him <laughs> in the face kind of deal, but he certainly uh, you said Mick Foley. certainly did you said Mick Foley and you said Mick Foley and then said bang bang. <laughs> ah. ah. Maybe a, a Freudian Freudian subconscious mind slip. I don't know. It but, must uh, have been. Must have been. Yeah, that was a pretty good observation by Mick uh, the other week. It was. You can check out that show. As, yeah, as well uh, as all of our that other shows. shows. It shows in our archives on blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. We did a Game one, a inter- uh, post game one interview with Mick Foley. It was done. Uh, we did a Sunday night roundtable discussion, uh, game one wrap up with Mick Foley. And you can listen to that now. It's in our archives. It's anywhere you find the show, please give that a listen. Mick Foley, WWE Hall of Famer, gracious with his time to come on and talk a little basketball with us. It was great. TR, we got one more break to take, and we'll be right back. And we got about 10 minutes left, so we'll be wrapping this up here soon. So stay tuned. Have you been injured on the job, facing divorce, experiencing workplace discrimination? You can rely on a compassionate, thorough representation at New Law Office. That's right. The practicing law of Stephen P. New. He has practiced areas of personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, and employment discrimination. Mr. New is a proud sponsor of Wide Men Can't Jump, is a big basketball fan, and also pro wrestling fan in the West Virginia area. Stephen P. New will fight for you and will represent you whether it be locally or nationally. Get your free consultation today by dialing 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. Again, that's 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. That's right. We want to thank our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, wowfreecam.com, and makeupkennedy at facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. And also a big thank you to Down in Round 3 for the intro song, Something in the Water, from their album Sideline. Check it out. 
Nate and TR here with you tonight as we are winding down from the day that was game three. And this episode is named three games down, one draft to go as the NBA draft is coming. And we've had some great guests tonight. But, um, you know, TR, it was a wild game three. It was interesting um, game three. And, you know, we're pretty much counting the Cavs out. Maybe they win game four. Maybe they don't. Um, I don't see it unless something amazing happens. But, you know, one guy who played really well tonight that nobody really gave a lot of credit to, he was the – in the third quarter, he was the only other player in double figures, and that is JaVale McGee played very well for the Warriors tonight. He ended up, uh, I believe he had 10, let me double check here, JaVale McGee ended up with 10 points, three rebounds, two blocks, uh, shot 71% from the field, finished in the plus at plus three, So, and he only played 14 minutes, so 10 points in 14 minutes, that's not too shabby from JaVale McGee. And another guy that played well for the Warriors was Jordan Bell. Uh, he gave some big minutes tonight for the Warriors. He played about 12 minutes, had 10 points, six rebounds, ended up with a block, went four or five shooting from the field, finished at even in the plus-minus. So uh, the Warriors getting some help from guys that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, I mean, um, McGee for all the – I mean, you know, just this series he's done some uh, goofy things. Let's just say goofy. It's uh, Shaq's gimmick to do Shaq and a fool, but he was like the uh, poster <laughs> boy for that. McGee! Exactly. But uh, take that, you know, uh, periodic, uh, you know, goofball-type play. You take his overall game, he's he's not a bad player. I mean, we had him here for the Sixers, but he was in that dreaded Sam Hinkie, whatever that was. Uh, so I don't even think he got off the bench more than like five minutes in, in quite a long time. And, uh, you know, our old – I just – I see these Kyle Corvers and Andre Godalas that are still, you know, uh, not league MVPs, but viable players in the championship and – Last I checked, the Sixers aren't one of the final two. So uh, trust my balls. Just to echo on the, <laughs> what may be the last show of active basketball that I said before tip-off, fuck that process, even though we got a crazy Twitter account <laughs> goof running it now. I don't know what the answer is, but I know it, it wasn't him. That freaking stinky, Sam Stinky. <laughs> Anyhow. We always come back to this, and it's great. <laughs> uh, I hate that dope. But, uh, you know, uh, and there's a there's a hashtag. I shouldn't even put it over, but there's a hashtag now called Do the Right Thing. It has nothing to do with that old movie. It has to do with the the, the, the hanky fans uh, urging the Sixers to fire Brian Colangelo. And in this case, I'll agree with that uh, faction. Mm-hmm. You know, if it turns out to be true, I mean, just I don't agree with anybody getting fired, really, if, I, if I'm being completely honest, unless they do something like murder or rape or something like real, not comments yeah. or dopey Internet stuff. But in, yeah. the, in the day and age we live in, it, it really is a black eye if we want to move forward and get free agents and stuff. So, you know, I hope we just get a quality replacement if that's if that's the way it goes. Anything yeah, on the Minnesota I mean, end we want to say since it's kind of winding down? And haven't really heard too season? much. The Wolves have been quiet uh, since the uh, off season started for them. Um, very quiet, other than the 
the rumored trade of Towns to the Suns, which is probably not going to happen. Thank God. Uh, hmm. So those rumors died down pretty quick. But, uh, you know, the Wolves got back into the playoffs, and I'm incredibly happy about that. Um, that was my goal this season for them, was to get back to the playoffs. Granted, they were doing a lot better. They they should have been a lot better, but the Butler injury hurt them. Next season, I want to see Towns improve on his defense. I want to see Wiggins improve on his defense. And I want to see Andrew Wiggins become a player that takes that next step and gets up to that star level. I want him to be more intri- interested in playing basketball. He kind of just seems like he's just kind of happy to be there and get his money. I want to see Wiggins determined to win. That's what I want. I want to see a killer instinct out of him. I want to see the Wolves gotcha. get to the second round of the playoffs next year because I think this year, if we um, if Butler stays healthy, I think we, we go to the second round. I don't think we get out of it, but I think we could. We go to the second round. I want to see Justin Patton play next year. I want to see what he can do. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Tom Thibodeau does. I hope next season he lets the team run a little more, be more athletic, be more themselves, uh, because when they do, they're tough to stop. So I'll leave it at that for now. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way the season turned out for Minnesota for the most part. Grant would love to see it went longer, but I'm not too upset about it. Um, one more thing. Okay, well, newsworthy. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's this news? Um, uh, I was just going to add, add one thing. Interviewed, Dwayne Casey interviewed with the Pistons uh, for that vacant coaching position. So there's a possibility Dwayne mm-hmm. Casey, former coach of the year, from this past season could go to the Pistons and have Blake Griffin and that squad. So we'll see where, where that goes. Interesting. Uh, I wanted to point out something that I didn't really, uh, I heard, but didn't give it a, it's proper, um, proper, uh, attention when it was said by our friend, mm-hmm. Jonathan, Jonathan hood, mm-hmm. When he appeared, when he when he had a story a story from Chicago, when it was a blizzard and the Bulls called off their practice, yet your uh, drill sergeant over there, Mister Tibbs, <laughs> still made his team show up, and they had to pry open the door to get their practice in. Uh, yeah, that didn't is, shock. Is, is 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 that a good or bad thing to you? Do you like that kind of hard nosed coach, or do you? I like a little hard nosed coaching, but at the same time, maybe a little too much. Like, I don't know. You know, it's – I like my coach to be in charge. I like my to know the coach is the boss. But forcing players to practice in a blizzard, I mean, come on, man. Like, I get it, but little downtime. You don't want to kill your players. They have long careers ahead yeah. of them. So, you know what I would have did? I, I would have – Go ahead. I would have told the whole roster that we didn't, but told Wiggins we did and just made yeah, that do – in the snow. <laughs> I love Wiggins, but he's really got to get a, his head out of his ass. But you know what? Next season's another season, and we um, we're gonna try and have we're gonna try and have a wrap up show after Game Four. It won't be the night of Game Four. We have a wrap up show for for that. Uh, maybe on Saturday we'll post a, a wrap up show of some sort. But uh, Tr, we're getting ready to go home, brother. Is there anything uh, anything you want to add before we get out of here? No, I, I seriously doubt. I don't. I don't even know if it's. Uh, I mean, it would be possible if the series went seven that we could do this show together 
uh, again this active season, but mm-hmm. that would take a lot of that would take Draymond getting kicked out with a seven uh, technicals and uh, you know I don't want to wish injury on Durant, Steph, or Clay or anybody like that, but realistically it's not going to happen. So that was kind of why I was reminiscing at some of the stuff during the show tonight because. You know, it came from a little idea that we had. You ran a smaller yeah. show last year as a hobby. And, uh, you know, I found yeah. my big old buddy from West Virginia uh, that liked <laughs> NBA as much as I did. And uh, although we're going to continue, we're going to talk basketball 365, 24-7. Uh, you know, it just kind of sucks that we don't have active basketball to talk about other than this is the past week, so. I wanted to personally thank you, Nate, for uh, you know taking this ride with me, and I think we, I think we did damn good. You know, I uh, yeah, yeah, it's been I, it's I been fun. I've had a, had a blast. An incredible amount of uh, great guests. Um, we've made lifelong connections with some people, and mm-hmm. I think we're just going to keep growing. Um, I just wanted to say thank Laughcast for giving us a last minute start when I didn't know where we were going to go, and. You know, our sponsors that stuck with us, Wowfrey Cam and Steve called in tonight appropriately, so, you know, yeah. during the championship series. And, uh, you know, uh, make up Kennedy, uh, even Chris Cole of Concrete, and you're always going, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So, you know, and, just so uh, we nobody need to thinks think... I take it for granted. Go ahead, buddy. I was just going to say we need to thank uh, our buddy, up north, Tim Dombrova, he's been here with us since the the start of this crazy little Facebook message idea that has turned into this global conglomerate that is Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, you know, fun fact, I work at a radio station. My uh, station manager looked at me the other day and he said, Wide Men Can't Jump, huh? I said, yeah, it's my basketball show. He said, I'm going to listen to it when I get a chance. He said, but that is the best name I've ever heard. <laughs> awesome. He said, that is awesome. So, uh, yeah, even people I didn't know that knew know. So thank you guys for being here with us. We don't take you for granted. We love you. If this is the last show of the active season, it's it's been a good season, and we're going to keep going. We'll be back next week, active season or not. We'll be talking, who knows, to anybody. Who knows will be here, you know? And then two weeks from now, we're doing our draft special. We'll have a lot to break down. The summer League's coming up. So there's basketball all the time. So, TR, this it's been fun, man. It's been a great season to kick off, and I'm already ready for next season to tip off. October can't get here quick enough. I'll tell you what, I'm psyched up for the this, you know summer with all the moves and so forth. And Oh, yeah. You know, as long as nobody gets injured, I can't wait to see what these goofy sixes do because we have a soap opera here in Philly. You know that. You guys really do. You guys are the most enjoyable team to watch from a distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? Kind maybe of, it can be heartbreaking up close. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Nate will sneak up to Philly here this summer and go visit his big buddy TR, and we can grab some cheesesteaks while I'm there. Who knows? Give me some who knows? Give you some advance notes. You never know what what I might find around my house if you if you can read between the lines. <laughs> well, we want to thank you guys for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump, the flagship show. You can follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. You can follow us on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump. 
We are located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. That is where you'll find all of our episodes in the archive and our RSS feed. You can also um, find us anywhere and everywhere, including iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, many, many, many more places. We are everywhere. We're also our shows are updated on the All Pro Nation Network. You can check us out on All Pro Nation. Uh, we're a proud member of them, and they're, we are the basketball show over there, so go check them out. More, We'll be jumping on more places here in the near future. Had some, some talks with some people. We're also come, we had a pretty decent talk today, TR and I did, and we're going to run it through Tim, and we, we may have some, some other stuff coming up here in the near future. Uh, thank you guys for listening again. Check out all the shows we have on the Wide Men Network, the Tim and Tom Show. There's also uh, the Sunday Night Roundtables. Tim does Wide Men Can't Score about hockey. Just uh, keep up with us. We're always posting something. You never know what you're going to hear on some of these shows. Big thanks to our guests tonight, uh, Philip Rossman Wright, Gerald Bouguette, and Stephen P. New, all for coming on. Thanks to Nosh for calling in. Sorry I couldn't get to you, Jeff. We will definitely get back with you soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Follow TR on Twitter. He's at TR Shock. I'm at MMITM Nathan. Um, anything else you want to add, TR? That's it, my brother. All right. I'm Nate. He's TR. TR, send us home, brother. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at widejump. You can follow us on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump.